poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, Coach Brad Wilson, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com. I'm joined by John, which means one thing, that it's a tactical day. John, you got the got the Tactical Tuesday shirt? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We are officially seeing them next week. So what do we have on the agenda for today's episode? Got your hands. Your turn to tell us what we have on the agenda. Oh, it's me. Um, yeah, so we've relaunched ChasingPokerGreatness.com, and we've actually been categorizing the different episodes of Tactical Tuesday based on concepts. So if you go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com and click the free poker training button, that's your resource for all things Tactical Tuesday. And this upcoming a couple of months we're just filling in some gaps as it relates to yeah content on that portal and adding to the resources so i guess first of all you can check out the new newly relaunched website at chasingpokergreatness.com and secondly if you have suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover join greatness village and tell us in the tactical tuesday discussion channel or you can you know, send me an email, Brad at chasingpokergreatness.com. Always happy to to be here. So one of the villagers asked us for an episode on hero folds. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking the wrong people. <laughs> like I looked through my database. I was like, hmm, have I ever made a big fold? Like, let's let's see like spots where I didn't see showdown. And I had like, you know, two pair plus zero. No folds. <laughs> yeah, no uh, folds. What about hero checks? Just <laughs> checking back and avoiding a trap with the... Uh, uh, that would actually be a good episode. I don't know if I have good hands for that, but uh, Coach Shu definitely had had one that I can think of. Yeah, there. Uh, he he's had two that popped to mind. Where like just checking back, exceptionally strong hands, and both times he's done it, uh, villain has had a trap. So I don't know how often he does it, or if he never shows us the hands where he checks back and <laughs> and he just wins against the hand that. Would, surely would have called uh however i do know that in those two instances they were really really strong checkbacks i think we could probably put together something for hero folds maybe uh, we'll see but not me though <laughs> maybe you and shoe not, not me and you yeah not, not john but we'll see um so today we are looking at donk bets uh so this is here from you know hero donk betting and we're gonna look at two from a poker coaching play and explain that I played uh, just last night, actually, which also means that I don't know what villains had because I don't have the hands downloaded with whole cards up. So next week we're going to share, you know, the result of what villains folded in in both situations. Or actually, <laughs> that's that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, I just misspoke. But what villain had in both situations? So this first one is. I, I don't think it's going to take 
a lot of time to get through. We don't see the river. So, uh, but sometimes I'm shocked by just how much we can talk about very few actions. So this first hand, we, we start out with the Jack nine of different suits. The cutoff opens to 2.5 bigs and we defend the big blind. I'm playing one KNL on ignition. So we defend with Jack nine off. Uh, we're a thousand deep. Flop is king seven four with two hearts. I had the jack of diamonds, nine of clubs. So if you're wondering how does this hand, <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> how does this hand move forward? Uh, I'm going to show you how this hand move for, moves forward. Uh, so villain starts out by betting a quarter, maybe even less than a quarter, sixteen point one three into fifty five, and I typically like uh, so. I typically don't fold facing these sizes that often um, tend to call and realize equity and try to realize future bluffing opportunities just in general. But e even this one for me felt, uh, yeah, felt a little like I was forcing it, um, calling the flop. However, yeah, these anytime I'm on the fence, especially like if you are a poker coaching premium subscriber, if I'm on the fence, I tend to do what I think is more interesting. And I think calling is more interesting than just folding, but folding is obviously quite reasonable. Yeah, I think folding would definitely be most people's standard play. I mean, I I, I would even go as far as to say, maybe you could just fold preflop when the cutoff opens and you have to check nine off. But yeah. anyways, that's not interesting. Um, Def definitely not interesting folding yeah. the jack nine. But yes, again, this is another like very borderline call preflop, and then the flop. So I used to, I used to like just snap fold these spots, um, thinking like, I mean, jack nine, or let, let's just say we had jack ten, which is maybe a hand that we should, you know, the worst jack x hand that we should have in the spot. Like I would just snap fold this versus the c bet, um, and then I remember like looking through your database with you like a couple. I don't know, maybe like six months ago, eight months ago. And I saw that your like fold versus flop C bet was like 15% or something. It's yeah, just facing the very small ones. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you see the turn like, you know, like 85% of the time, just something insane. Mine was like, I don't know, mine was really low. Mine was probably like in the 50s or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just like couldn't understand like how, how you could call C bets like that frequently. And, I think this is like a really good example of like, yeah, you can like, you only need 18% equity. If this guy's betting range, like you probably have 18% equity. And then when the turn does get checked through, you get some really nice river bluff opportunities. Yep. And I think that's, that that's really the main thing here is like you need 18% equity to continue and to have downstream visibilities of strategies that are also profitable, I think is like what pushes it over the edge to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, folding here is like obviously just totally reasonable thing to do. Pretty sure you used to just call the spot even before you had downstream visibility of what's profitable. Now we know for sure that getting yeah, to the river like, is profitable, but I mean, again, it's like eighteen percent, right? Like this needs to be my my equity here. And yeah, we don't have eighteen percent if Villain has a king, but if Villain's just betting like range here on the flop right. and we certainly have 18%. And it's it's very easy to fold way too often facing very small C bets. And I mean, this is like really small, right? This this is like a quarter pot. It's not even a third. Uh, so really when villains bet a third or quarter pot, 
one thing that you just have to recognize is you have to defend like very often. Yeah, um, like uncomfortably, uncomfortably wide. Uncomfortably wide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can't just always raise either because like when you then you, you just start like over bluffing and get yourself in these wacky <sighs> situations with no pair, no draw, um, building pots out of position. Oh, I did a lot of that in April. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, confirmed. John John went psychopath for a month or so, and uh, his results definitely felt <laughs> the impact of him going a little off the rails. Uh, so I call the flop, and the turn is a five of clubs. So basically the turn connects with a bunch of gut shots, uh, the board is king seven four with two hearts and then the five of clubs. I have jack nine, so <laughs> really just no um, connection with the board. And I just felt like this type of turn card was a good turn card to bet, especially if villain's betting range on the flop. Um, but yeah, so I, I ended up donking 70% on the turn with intentions of donking on lots of rivers as well so i guess we'll just kind of start here and i guess i'll ask your opinion of the donk um so i think this is a okay i'm gonna speak from like a weekend of just constant sim running that i did with coach Shu when he came to visit me in la all we did was look at turn dong spots after defending the big blind um i think on these types of boards um a turn like this is like a perfectly good turn to donk. Um, from what I can tell from the Sims, uh, Solver really likes donking um, 7x or 7x turns, 4x turns, and then turns like this that complete um, gut shots and you know all sorts of traits. I guess the one thing that I will say is that on those types of turns, uh, the Solver like overwhelmingly prefers donking for a really really small size instead of you know, this two third, two thirds, three quarters yeah, uh, size donk. It, yeah, it always prefers like the one third um, or quarter on, on the turn and then very frequently follows up with a river over bet. Hmm. Did you run the sim and compare all the sizings? Do you remember by any chance like what the EV difference was between like small and big? I can't remember what the EV differences were. I just remember what, what sizes were, were preferred. Yeah. Okay. Give me the EV differences and then <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's, I think, pretty important. But yeah, so could have gone smaller. Smaller would most likely have turned out a little better uh, because Villain just like raised my turn donk huge, uh, 178. Um, and yes, I, I think this is the appropriate time to click the fold button. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, all right, all right. All right. I tried you, my best. Defended yeah. preflop too wide, called the flop. Yeah, questionably wide, and then dunk the turn. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> I give up now. You, you got it, buddy. You, yeah, you win this, <laughs> this battle. Um, so yeah, just ended up folding, and like I said, this first hand pretty straightforward. Um, hand number two gonna be bigger pot, and felt like I at least had a more appropriate hand to donk with. So stick around after the break, and we'll dive right into second hand. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. 
too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a preflop bootcamp. Everything that you had done with me to that point, or I had heard you do, had impressed me. I loved the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour and loved that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away. And what about boot camp blew you away? Like it started off slow. Like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience? The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post game as it did for my pre-game, just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10, 15 minutes of tape without finding mistake after mistake. And then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well. I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study? Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year out of everything. I would give anything to go back and to, to know that stuff 10 years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if I had known that stuff. And I thought the boot camp was so valuable that I literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because I was blown away. I just thought the price was too cheap. And it's changed my game in ways that I, I can't even explain to you. If you'd like to join the next round of Preflop Boot Camp, which starts on the last Saturday of every month, Head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. All right, welcome back from the break in this to this donking episode of Tactical Tuesday where, yeah, just uh, going through some Donking opportunities, seeing how they pan out. First attempt, panned out not so well. I think it was a belly flop off the high dive. Maybe the medium dive, not the high dive. I think the 
the high dive would be a like getting stacked when I'm donking. This bet, bet this three bet donk point. three bet turn. <laughs> donk. <laughs> yeah, that that's the super high dive. That 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 might actually be like the bridge belly flop uh, <laughs> beyond anything. Uh, so here we have the six seven uh, of different suits. The under the gun player opens min. The button flats. Uh, small blind folds and. We complete from the big blind. I believe every player at the table is a reg. Um, games were not very good on a Saturday evening during Colossus at WSOP. It's just uh, <laughs> the, the recreational players, the, the weaker players, they were hard to come by. Um, so, yeah, we take a flop three ways. Flop a gut shot. Uh, I think eight. you could fold pretty again. Anyways. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you're on stream i get it yeah. well it's not just that i mean yeah I, I could fold pre but like how do i get better playing multi-way pots out of position uh, play play hands oh my god yeah let's just let's just like handicap ourselves in these multi-way pots by starting with seven six lawsuit well again we need 15 percent equity to continue we are at a positional disadvantage everywhere so like <laughs> yeah. like calling calling could be a mistake but like at the worst, it's like 0.2 big blind mistake, 0.3. Right. Like it, it yeah. can't, it can't be. <clears> you only have two people bind you. It could be worse. Could could have three or four. Yeah, could have three or four. Exactly. <laughs> only two. Um, we get the eight four deuce flop, which is basically gin, I guess, Ooh. for this hand. We yeah. we have a gut shot to the nuts. Uh, check to the preflop razor. The preflop razor checks. I think likely that they're checking range here. Yeah, especially uh, on this board. Yeah, so they can certainly have, you know, over pairs. They can just have all, all the hands here. And the button, the only thing I know about the button, and it could be relevant, could might not be relevant data point, they, their CBAP percentage at the time was something like 86% or so. And yeah, they're not CBETing here. Um, they're stabbing. However, it felt like this player profile could just be betting a ton yeah, here yeah. on the button. Basically, you think their their bet when check to stat is very high. Yes, that would be the uh, that would be the thought. And they bet a third, which again is totally expected. Uh, I I definitely expect very small bets here on, on the flop. Yeah. Um. And I I don't think that I want to really carve out a raising range here on this board. So just mostly calling. Um. Again. The original preflop opener is uncapped too. So another right. consideration. So yeah, um, eight four deuce, filling bets a third. There's eighty five in the pot. We have the six seven offsuit, and we decide to call. And the preflop raiser folds. Which, by the way, what are these two cards that the preflop raiser folded here? I, I don't know. I, I wonder. Definitely not are. jack nine offsuit. What's <laughs> the call? You only need sixteen percent equity with that. Hit. Hey guys, you, you got you got more equity than you, you might think here, guys. Um, I mean, it's hard to say they don't have overcards. <laughs> they they gotta have something. Yeah, if you don't have overcards, you have a straight draw. So. <laughs> exactly right. So, um, give that give that man their hand back. What are they doing? The turn is a tray of clubs again. One of these like uh, middling cards that complete straights. So Ace Five uh, is in range and five, six, um, a few things that kind of went through my head here. I guess the first is while John may not have, you know, 
six, seven off or five, six off here, or even ace five off, I probably do. I probably have all the combos of straights on the turn. Um, whereas the button doesn't. And because I block five, six, I felt like, uh, this would be an acceptable spot to dunk. Yeah. You just turn what? 32 combos of straights. I mean, that's like, that's like all the straights, right? Yeah. See, okay, we have, no. we have an argument for calling with all the offsuit, uh, connectors right here. We have all, we have all the hands. Um, I don't know if I would be doing this with a set. I maybe, I don't know. I really a don't know. A little scary. I mean, like, I, I think like maybe we, we could stop and like have a, a brief discussion on what we think the buttons flatting ranges looks like preflop when mm -hmm. the cutoff opens any flats. Like, I, I think this board type is, I'd be a little worried that this board type interacts with this range pretty well. Like, I think you could definitely have all the pocket pairs, pocket eights and lower. Um, I think five, six suited while like, I don't see it getting flat very often pre preflop. Um, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be an insane flat and then stabbing this flop with a hand like five six would be very very reasonable um i wouldn't expect ace five suited to ever flat in position so i don't think we have to worry about that but yeah. i would worry that like these types of boards interact really well with the buttons flatting range um and then you know like the obviously like the high boards they, they probably don't have very many good hands on yeah and i would say i think this turn specifically is quite good for me um having <laughs> having a lot of the offset like ha having the offsuit five six and the offsuit ace five, I think means that just I, I have so many straights compared to the button. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can get on board with that. Especially because, like you said, they they three bet ace five. Right. 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 So, like they don't have ace five. They three bet five even, five six. Something. I don't even think the they have five too, six. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like so. Anyway, we decided to to donk with a hand that felt somewhat even appropriate, unlike the jack nine of the previous hand, uh, and. I did go very big here on the turn. Yeah. Um, just you don't like the Sims. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it felt like uh, I am polarizing, right? Like I'm basically saying I, I have straight. Right, but I think even a small donk is pretty polar. You know, it's like you're not you're not donking small with like eight nine, you know, on the turn or something like that. That's it's true. Probably way better hands than that, and way worse hands. Right. So if I'm polarizing, giving villain a good price to call down versus the bottom end of my polarization also feels. A little questionable to me but yeah okay yeah you give them a, a good price to like crack you know catch up to those really really good hands in your range i guess and to just bluff catch i mean you better yeah, that's why you like, go massive on the river yeah. oh you want a bluff catch <laughs> okay well, we're going massive on the turn yeah massive okay. and probably massive on the river uh, uh now our story yeah now the river pairs the four so this was why I brought up the question on the turn of, you know, do I have sets in this four? So the final board is eight, four, deuce, three, four. Uh, so river pairs the board. I still have seven high. There's 300 in the pot. I've got nine, 11 behind. Uh, villain has 1558. So they have me covered by quite a bit. And I really felt torn on this river. Um, plan was to go you know big big board pairing river i was like oh my god do i actually have sets like do i have boats um because i know villain has boats <laughs> like I know, <laughs> I know the villain has lot, lot, lots of boats uh, on the river um almost 
just slam dunk boats. So yeah, what what are your thoughts here, I guess? Um first act on this board pair. I'd be so like I'd be so paranoid about not telling a consistent story, like kind of donking big on the turn. We're saying we have a straight. If we overbet or donk big on the river again, like would we ever do that with a straight? I, I don't think so. So now we're repping boats, and then we just go back to the question that you asked of like, would we donk sets or two pair on the turn? Mm-hmm. <sighs> or I guess like the, the the better way to frame that question is: Does the button will they think that we donk sets and two pair on the turn? Of course that that. That's always the way to frame it, right? Yeah. I, I don't know the answer. Like, what, what do you do with Ace Eight here, if you're the button, and you somehow have Ace Eight, or like Pocket Fives? I guess. Is yeah, I think Pocket Fives makes. I think Pocket Fives is most likely their hand. <laughs> yeah. I'd be so confused, but I'd also be scared to turn Vibes into a bluff because I'd be like. Am I just going to bluff right into a boat or a straight that's just never folding with, you know, with my great blockers? Yeah. Well, we'll put out my river bet here. Uh, I overbet the river. So I went for, I bet 432. I have 479 behind. There's 291 in the pot. Uh, so. Yeah, you're saying you have a boat. I'm saying that I've got something good. <laughs> and your pocket nines or ace eight or pocket fives should. Snap fold. That's what I'm trying to say. But fives blocks the hands that I'm repping. So I think like fives is a much better hand than nines on this river to bluff catch with. Ah, oh, you're not repping those straights anymore, though. You're <laughs> I mean, villain could imagine that I overvalue, right? Yeah. Like overvalue a straight on the river. This is like I think that's that happens consistently. Even strong regs. Yeah. overvalue their hand out of position in many, right, right. many, many spots yeah. just across the board. So I think I'm fairly protected there. Why not jam river? Uh, well, the obvious answer is that villain has boats and <laughs> I'm just going to jam into like a range that snaps me off. Yeah. And um, I guess this size puts pretty much the same amount of pressure on their pocket nines, eight X pocket fives. I would think so. Yeah, that extra 479 that you're leaving back probably doesn't accomplish very much. Other than maximizing value when they have boats. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's a good question. It's just, I, I think it's a bit much, and I think the yeah. there's diminishing returns for the extra yeah. investment. You need that extra 479 when they have like 4-5 and ace-4. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Is really ace-4 much different than fives or nines like i don't think so I, just, I mean you could tell yourself like yeah we removed some four three suited combos now and, and right your boats but yeah i mean fives removes lots of five sixes and ace fives right, right. which is even more maybe important. four five is, is, is the one that you want four fives the hand yeah we call the yeah, river with the four fives yeah I have to imagine villains are going to fold hands like fives and probably call with hands like ace four, even right. despite everything that we're saying. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is my donking attempt number two here on the river. Uh, villain does, in fact, fold, and they folded fairly quickly. I don't 
know exactly what that means. You know, for all I know, I guess they could have had a something of clubs. Mm. Uh, they could have turned a flush draw yeah. um, after betting the flop. Yeah. So we'll know next week what yeah. hand we'll, uh, folded, once but... we get the hand, the hand histories and the whole card information, we'll, we'll add it to the, actually, no, we'll be added to the, we'll be able to add it to the video before this even comes out. Yeah. I think what's, what's really interesting about these situations and just as sort of a, a lesson to be learned from doing things like this is that, I mean, in our case right now, we're talking about the situation, right? I'm thinking more about a holistic donking strategy on the turn. Mm-hmm. And in order to think about such things, you need to get in there and experiment so that you can learn and really build out a better strategy. Like, I, I think it's just, it's something that I say very often, just if you want to learn how to navigate uh, awkward, different situations better, then you have to get in those situations. Hey, 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 I said that in my donking episode, and you said, hey, you know you could just run some Sims for free <laughs> and like actually just learn before you go into the wild and risk That's pushing true. $432 on the I, river. I learned, I learned from you, John. You you told me all about your your donking sims, and so <laughs> that that's where the Jack Nine hand. Oh, that, that's why I use the big size on the turn because I, I didn't listen to the sizing <laughs> part. I listened to the range makeup part uh, and try to do what makes sense um, logically. Uh, so even though the river overbet here sort of oh this is good fought apparently. against my my logic uh, <laughs> on, on the river, I was like oh my god like. Uh, I have straights. Now I'm saying I have boats, but maybe, I mean, again, I, I think that it's not completely unreasonable that a set donks the turn and doesn't yeah. have a raising range on the flop. <laughs> um, I could build an argument for it, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> the desperation here. It's like, please believe me. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, these situations will happen in the future where I'll have a set, right, on, you know, this situation where I think the preflop raiser is uncapped and I don't know that I want to have a raising range on the flop. So flat the first small bet. And then we have this turn card. Um, do we just check behind, check the turn with a set? We are pretty much going to be check calling and Philan's yeah. going to be checking behind quite often and over realizing. So it is a little bit of a conundrum on the turn with a set. We're not check, you know. We're not check raising with a set. We we can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's something that I'll I'll think more about. Um, but for now, we just went for it and got the result that we were looking for in this second hand. So, if you want to join in the discussion, talk more about <laughs> donking, um, hop in Greatness Village, and. That's that's really all yeah. I've got. You can also go to the website, the Tactical Tuesday website, and uh, look for the episodes where I tried donking. I think mine were mostly flop donks. Um, yeah, if you want to see more donk stuff, check out the website. Yeah, you can donk the turn when you call the flop bet with all the hands that you have. That's side benefit. All right, uh, that's all I got for this week. Y'all have a good one. Best of luck if you're battling at the WSOP. See you next week. Did you say weekend? I said, see you next week. (laughs) Messed up your own tagline.
Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.